Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. This is Erin Carey, and we are going to be diving into all things thyroid health today. I'm super excited about it. But before we go there, before I introduce our guest, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Forager Project. Now, Forager Project is a family-owned, 100% organic, plant-based food company based in California, dedicated to making the world a better place than they found it. And I will tell you, their plant-based yogurt, it's, it's a cashew milk base, and I will just tell you that my children this morning were arguing over who was going to get to have the last blueberry yogurt. So I'm a big fan of it. My family's a big fan of it. Forager crafts dairy-free yogurts, kefirs, milks, and sour cream using this hero ingredient that is organic cashews. That makes a creamy base for all of the products. Forager Project is passionate about creating healthy, organic, plant-based food, and they are equally passionate about nurturing a healthy democracy. They believe that voting is the most essential ingredient needed to do this. So Forager wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote and participate in our democracy this election year. They have actually provided voting resources and information. If you go to www.foragerproject.com slash vote, and I'm going to spell that for you, it's www.foragerproject.com forward slash vote. You can also follow them on social media at Forager Project. So check them out. Get some of that blueberry yogurt. My kids love it. I love it. It's great. Cultivate Democracy Vote. Now, I want to introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited about this episode. It's going to be a good one. Reed Davis is a board-certified holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist. He's an expert in functional lab testing and holistic lifestyle medicine. He is the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition and the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Certification Course with over 3,000 graduates in 50 different countries. Reed served as the health director at a wellness center in Southern California for over 10 years. With over 10,000 clients, he is known as one of the most experienced clinicians in the world. Reed serves on the advisory board of the American Natural Wellness Coaches Board and the American Association of Natural Wellness Coaches. He lives in the U.S. and when not teaching the FDN certification course and helping his graduates build their private practices, he is usually found gardening or riding motorcycles. So Reed, thank you so much for coming on the show and welcome to the show. Aaron, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. See if we can help some people. Yeah, I really think I'm, I'm really excited. I actually, I will say I posed a few questions to social media today, just getting some feedback on, you know, what questions do you have about thyroid? And I think there are a lot of people that are really confused and really conflicted and don't know where to begin. Mm. So let's just start mm -hmm. from, from the beginning. What are common thyroid dysfunction symptoms and what are testing that can help determine what's actually going on? It's a great question. You know, most people with thyroid, they're going to show up with uh, weight gain. They can't maintain a healthy weight. They've got low energy fatigue. They could have uh, hands and feet that get cold, uh, even numbness there. Um, dry skin is big, hair loss. Um, the common thing is uh, brain fog, poor sleep or no sleep. <laughs> I mentioned some tingling in the hands or feet, but muscle aches. One that's really common, like almost everybody has constipation to some extent, um, but you can get swelling in your ankles, feel blue, sad, feel blah. Does that ring a bell for anyone? Yeah. <laughs> so that would, that would typically point the finger at thyroid. Now, this is where I tend to differ a little bit from what uh, a lot of practitioners do because, yes, the, the thyroid can be involved, but is it the only thing going on? Well, 
it's rare that that's all you have going on is, oh, well, it's your thyroid. And, and, and so when you have that, that, that is what's called a traditionally reliable cluster of symptoms. So it sounds like thyroid to, to just about any clinician. And the issue is for me is that if you go ahead and test the thyroid, so you would do a test for T4, T3, uh, reverse T3, um, thyroglobulin even, you could, and you would, you would look at your TSH levels. And so you would say, look, your thyroid is low. In other words, I guessed right at that cluster of symptoms. And, and I check your thyroid, and yep, it's low. So I have found over 20 years of doing this that that's rarely the only thing going on. And if all you do is treat the paper, in other words, uh, get the test results in range, that, that actually might help with alleviate some of the symptoms. And you could monitor the test results over time and titrate, you know, in other words, adjust the, uh, the dosage of your agent that you use accordingly. You can even use some foods. There's foods that would help the thyroid. Um, uh, and some symptoms, again, might abate, but the underlying causes will not even be addressed. You're not addressing the underlying causes. So if new symptoms come back, that same type of practitioner might say, oh, well, this new set of symptoms sounds like something else. Maybe it sounds like testosterone to them. And so they uh, test your testosterone, go, yep, and pat themselves on the back again and say, here's a new agent or some other way. Now we're going to treat that low testosterone paper. And, and I consider it uh, testing the paper or, you know, t treating the paper and not necessarily treating the person. So, um, but those are the common symptoms, and the common test is a thyroid test, uh, usually done through blood work. And heaven forbid you actually find that the thyroid's low, and call that your problem. And so, I've been working for, for again for twenty years doing this and saying, look, uh, you know, what what else could it be? What what what's causing the thyroid to be underactive? Yeah. So, what what are you seeing? What what is the a big cause of underactive or overactive thyroid because I know that's that's an issue as well, right? Well, overactive. Let's put that in a different category for okay. right now because you yeah. have different symptoms, and that would not be the typical uh, hypothyroidism. Hypo means underactive, and it could be, and it could be for a good reason. The, one of the things that we notice the people here's another new word for you. It's called stress. <laughs> I know you've heard stress before. And if I say stress, people usually think of their job or their finances or their relationships or, you know, something going on in their life. And uh, I'm not talking about just that. That's mental, emotional stress. There's, there's spiritual stress, if you will. But, but there's also a lot of stressors in the environment that you don't even know about. You're not even uh, certain. Um, and, and, and so um, it could be that. It could be also physical, like aches and pains and things and uh, pressure on nerves and there's just all kinds of different types of stressors and they throw your uh, hormones out of balance in a big way and you kind of go into the survival mode you, you know you're kind of in a first you're in a fight flight and you're you, could, you know you could have anxiety on top of all those things you could have uh, uh, just feel stressed and you could be sensitive to let you could have these other symptoms and uh, then eventually when it becomes really chronic enough, uh, the thyroid will start to respond in a protective or adaptive mode. It actually will shut down. It'll go hypoactive on purpose because you're under so much stress that it, your body thinks, and it does think. Every cell knows, has intelligence and knows what to do in a sense. And so you're, you can go hypothyroid because it's the correct thing for your body to do. Because you're under so much stress that it's trying to hibernate, it's trying to conserve resources. So it's an adaptive response. And, wow. and then that leads to a lot of, you know, so you're kind of being a health detective and you're looking at all these different things. Wow. That... I can go through the physiology. It, it, it's really interesting <laughs> to me as a, as a researcher, but it, it, I could just show you exactly how those pathways work and why it's actually not your thyroid. There's nothing wrong with the thyroid gland. It's just, it's not just, it's not doing its job because it's not able to. That is so interesting. Yeah, I, I'm just, that whole, it's really your body responding 
and mm -hmm. trying to adapt and trying to find balance is what it sounds like. And so just to clarify, so these symptoms that you gave at the beginning, these are for a thyroid, like say on a test, is this somebody whose TSH would be low? Is, is that, or TSH would be high? And well, other numbers that determine At first, uh, THA would tend to be high because that's the stimulating okay. hormone. Uh, from the pituitary to the thyroid, which is basically in your neck. So the, you have the hypothalamus and the pituitary up in the brain, and they're kind of like a thermostat, and they're reading certain signals. And then, so if they read low thyroid output, they'll actually increase the TSH, which is your thyroid stimulating hormone from the pituitary. So, you know, they... They're very, very sensitive organs up in the brain, and they can tell if your thyroid's low. And again, they'll send a signal out to the thyroid. Now, uh, when the if the thyroid's able, or, or and actually, what happens is your your TSH actually starts to come down. There's feedback loops, and you know it just isn't getting the right signals because you are under so much stress. It starts to think that it's actually there's plenty, and so um, that's TSH would generally be a little bit high. Uh, eventually, it'll come down too. But you, and then, what is it stimulating? It stimulates the 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 thyroid to make mostly T4. So T4 is the main product of the thyroid gland. But the T4 is useless. It can't be used by the body. It has to be converted to T3 before it can have its effect. You know, it goes out to the cells and has its effect on the cells, which is to increase metabolism. So it's you know everyone kind of knows that I think it's your it's your uh, metabolism hormone, this T uh, three, so that's actually converted. It's T four that the liver make. I mean the uh, the thyroid makes. It's converted to T three in the liver mostly, and but the liver cannot be doing its job. What if the liver doesn't have all the constituents it needs, and it just isn't really doing a good job converting? the T4 to T3. Well, that you'll be short T3, and you'll have the exact same symptoms. So you could have the low energy, the dry skin, the constipation, the brain fog, the feeling blue and sad, the weight, the weight issues. And again, you can see right there, there's nothing really wrong with the thyroid. So if you, you could have problems with the signaling, like TSH to the thyroid, or you could have problems uh, once Let's say it is getting good signals, and it's uh, making T4, but it's not converting to T3. That's another issue. And there are other issues. I don't know how much the audience would like to hear about the science, but in the, in the liver where you're making the T3, the active T3, you're making it out of T4, there's another thing being made there called reverse T3, which is useless, and it can never be converted back to useful t3 and that can it's just the way the liver is kind of slipping up a bit again this is other stressors other metabolic uh, irregularities and so if you're making a lot of reverse t3 that will go fill up the receptor sites in all the cells that use thyroid it fills up the receptor sites and now the t3 gets there and it can't do its job so he, now you just added another thing that it could be too much reverse t3 and believe me, I can go on ad nauseum with at least eight other things where go it's ahead. Not, yeah. the not the thyroid gland. Well, yeah. I find one that's really interesting, and it shows you how everything's tied together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, 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 I have a particular type of way of um, helping people where we don't treat specific conditions like thyroid, hypothyroidism. You have to treat the whole person. You have to have a protocol. A lifestyle and, and it has to be very holistic and it has to work on every cell tissue organ and system every cell tissue organ and system in the body the entire organism and you can have an effect on all these things but you start with the fact that there's an intelligence in every cell you know they don't have to be trained what their job is they already know it <laughs> so I think I find that pretty pretty fascinating but let's say you you have these the, the the correct signals going to the hypothalamus and pituitary, and they're again they're very sensitive organs. And let's pretend that they are uh, giving the correct messages to the thyroid. And there, there's many ways in which they won't be giving the right messages to the thyroid, like toxicity is one, 
uh, will, will cause interference there. There are other hormones in the body. There are, is your immune system can have an effect upon it. And uh, the autonomic nervous system, again, that's, that's really a big one. Because if you're in fight flight, you know, if you're a sympathetic nervous system dominant, um, that'll all have an effect on the hypothalamus pituitary. And the signals just don't go out correctly to the thyroid. So the poor thyroid's getting all the blame, but it's really not, not its problem. You know, it's all that other stuff going on in your life. And then, but, but pretend for a minute all that's working fine and, and you are producing a lot of T4, a correct amount of T4. I told you it could be not converting to T3. It, it could be converting too much into T, reverse T3, which fills up the receptor sites. And also, this is I just, I think, fascinating how the body's all tied together. In the liver, besides making reverse T3 and, and regular T3, useful T3, you also make what's called T3 acetic acid and, and, uh, and T3 sulfate. So it's just a couple of different places your body stashes some extra T3 that needs to be converted later. We're just so metabolically complex, and it's just the way the body works. Remember, it's all about adaptation and handling stress and things like that. So this um, this T3 uh, acetic acid and T3 sulfate gets converted back to regular T3, gets converted into useful T3 in the gut mm -hmm. by bacteria, if you can believe that. So if you have an unhealthy gut, you could be missing out on about 25% of your thyroid hormone. And guess what? The symptoms would be the same. And this is why I say symptoms aren't the problem. Uh, and a cluster of symptoms might point the finger at thyroid. It's, it's very common to have all those symptoms when you have hypothyroidism. The real question is, why do you have hypothyroidism? It's, you know, and, and I'm not saying there can't be something wrong with the thyroid, because it could also have some dysfunction or be out of balance if you don't have enough iodine in your diet um, and tyrosine is an amino acid that gets mixed in there so you, there are some dietary things uh, that affect thyroid output but it's they're very rare very rare and so that's two more reasons you know on top of the yeah. four or five or six that we've looked at that it's not your thyroid it, your thyroid if you correct everything else is perfectly able to function Okay. So, I love yeah. this. Yeah. Like, no, you're, you're blowing my mind right now, which I love. And I think it's just going to really cause a lot of people to think because I know that the first thing that happens when blood work comes back showing some thyroid dysfunction and, and people have the symptoms, the first thing that'll happen is look, they'll get put on something like Synthroid, right? Or um, some mm -hmm. other, you know, prescription medication that helps the thyroid mm -hmm. work more effectively. But if you're not addressing, like you said, the toxicity, the immune system, your stress levels, <laughs> um, and your gut health, are you actually going mm -hmm. to be improving how your thyroid works? Well, that, that's a great question because people go to the doctor and sometimes they're lucky if they get a diagnosis because a lot of people go to the doctor and they're told nothing's wrong with you. I think I would like that less, you know. Have you heard that before that someone goes and, oh, the doctor said my blood works normal, but I feel so lousy. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm sure worst. you've heard that, right? You, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. but let's say they do, they do come up with this hypothyroid because they're getting low numbers on the T4, T3, maybe a little bit high in the uh, TSH, especially in the beginning. But, um, that's all they check. And then, like you said, they'll just write a prescription for Synthroid or something like that. Well, Synthroid is artificial. It's not a real uh, hormone. It, and it's just T4. So it's an artificial T4. And the liver still has to convert it to T3. So you really haven't done all that much for a person. If you're on thyroid hormone, this is a, a lay opinion, but I would prefer to at least be on the natural hormone the actual t4 and t3 and they make it and you can get your prescription changed some physicians aren't trained in it yet but there's lots of good uh, compounding pharmacies around that will train the physician how to make that conversion they can go to armorthyroid.com and learn how to do it themselves there's lots of things going on but again i'm i'm on the natural side i'm on a you know what's really wrong with the body where can we where is a healing opportunity so that we can repair
We talked about how the hypothalamus and pituitary work together. They get independent signals to produce some thyroid hormone. They put out that TSH that we're talking about. There's actually a hormone from the hypothalamus to the pituitary. You could have a problem there because of just it, things going on. You've got the hypothalamus is under influence from neurotransmitters, sympathetic overload, even parasympathetic overload, other hormones, immune system, uh, limbic system, brain chemistry, toxicity, all kinds of things, right? There's no lab to measure that hormone, the TRH from the hypothalamus but, but to the pituitary, but we know that if you have problems there due to toxicity or something, then the pituitary is not even getting the signal. And guess what, though? Your cluster of symptoms would be the same. It's really remarkable. It'd be, it'd be that low thyroid, and there's nothing wrong with it yet. So and then the pituitary should put out the TSH. And the thyroid can possibly make some T4. And the T4 has to be converted, and we went over that. It's going to convert it into T3, we hope. It's going to go out and actively increase metabolism. Uh, but those sites could be f uh, filled with the reverse T3, which is made in the liver, and it can make too much. And we got some of the uh, T4 converting into T3 acetic acid, T3 sulfate, which has to be converted later in the gut. And then you've got uh, this other issue called binding. You have hormone binding because uh, you can't send hormones right out of the thyroid because they would be absorbed in the tissue around the thyroid. It's got to be bound up so it can get to all the cells. And here's another really interesting point, I think, is that every cell in your body has a thyroid receptor, a thyroid hormone receptor, because wow. every cell in the body need, you need to regulate the metabolism of, you know, the rate uh, which it's producing energy and doing its job or whatever it might be. So what you have to bind up. Now, you from the again, this happens in the liver. The liver makes thyroid binding globulin, and they could be overproducing or underproducing. So you'd have over over binding. In other words, you bind up too much of the life or a free hormone, or you could bind too little of it. And then what happens, so that's another problem. And, and then what happens is, again, one more problem is that you burn out the receptor sites. That If you have too much thyroid, you'll burn out the receptor sites in the cell. So it's just really, I mean, I think that's 11 different reasons right there why it's not nothing wrong with your thyroid. Yeah, it's the all thyroid, once again, thing. could, yeah, the thyroid could be, uh, uh, you, you could have a little dysfunction there. Um, you've got um, low th thyroid hormone problems from uh, iodide or tyrosine deficiencies. These are nutritional deficiencies, but that's really rare. Uh, and so, you know, and then from there you can get into worse, which is your Hashimoto's, your Graves' disease, things like that. So it's remarkable what could be going on uh, that sounds like thyroid, but isn't really thyroid. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'm totally fascinated by this. So you mentioned a couple times the liver playing such an important role in this. And is there a way, what is a practical way that we can support the health of our liver in order to be able to do the things that, that it's supposed to do here? Yeah, you know, well, you have to treat your liver nice, nicely, because your liver is the, well, it's, it's really the biggest organ besides the skin. And its main job is to detoxify everything coming off your digestive system. So, you know, you have to understand food is absorbed into the body, not directly. It doesn't absorb through the wall of the stomach. It has to go into the small intestine and it gets absorbed through the wall of the small intestine, but only into a, a channel. It's called the uh, hepatic portal system. It goes in through the little villi. It gets broken down real teeny tiny. And then the villi have um, little vessels that take all of that food and everything that comes through right over to the liver for uh, purification and manufacture of other items and probably 200 different jobs. But um, so that liver is critical. You, you, want, you don't want a congested liver. You don't want to load that liver up with a bunch of uh, overburden it with detoxifying uh, you know, like alcohol, too much alcohol or too much caffeine and other, and drugs are pretty hard on the liver as most people know. And so you, you got to take good care of your liver and don't crowd it full of junk. It'd be like, let's say you have a, a, a vacuum cleaner. I, I don't know a person that doesn't know that a, 
a new vacuum with, or at least a new vacuum cleaner bag, that vacuum works a lot better than one where the bag is full. Matter of fact, if you've been vacuuming and, and it's not picking up, what do you do? You change the bag. And so, oh boy, now it works really good, right? Well, the liver's kind of like that. It can get congested full of, I think the medical term is crap, and uh, <laughs> it's full of crap. And then, you know, you it's not working as well. And so it can't uh, do the job it does like with the thyroid and all the other organs that it uh, helps process, uh, uh, all the other hormones it helps process. And by the way, there's one, one last thing as right there in the liver. It's called clearance. The, the liver has to clear excess, uh, excess thyroid hormone. And it's possible to have a little excess. And it clears it by, it's called conjugation. It will, uh, first of all, it'll, it'll turn it into, it'll separate the molecules and then it'll uh, attach other molecules to it so they can, it can be excreted through the bile and out the, uh, you know, your regular excretion system. So clearance can be poor. And you can have all kinds of problems from that too. So um, I, I look at every problem in the body, whether it be thyroid, the adrenals or the sex hormones or you can talk about digestion the immune system detoxification as a whole person there's all these orchestration of all these functions working hand in hand working together and almost nothing is independent from your bones to your hormones i yeah. love that yeah i mean i'm just i i totally agree i've seen it with my own health journey, I've seen it with a lot of my friends and it's like, you think you're targeting one thing, but really <laughs> there are all these other things that are out of whack. And I think that's so true, even when it comes to liver and, and hormones and reproductive hormones, all of that. And so let's, you mentioned something about um, adrenals. I'd love to know the adrenal thyroid connection and how can, you know, you hear that term um, having your adrenals burn out. You know, how does that play mm -hmm. a role in, in how we feel, how we function, and what's at the root of that? Mm -hmm. You know, it's a great question, but it's actually no different than how I just explained about the thyroid. It's a little more complex, maybe, because the adrenals produce uh, more than just one kind of th hormone. They produce uh, cortisol, and um, mm -hmm. they produce aldosterone, and they produce DHEA. And uh, these are these are all different. They the adrenals also produce your adrenaline. That's where the word adrenal, adrenaline. Now we call it uh, epinephrine uh, in this country. Um, and so it's the same thing. You have a hypothalamus pituitary adrenal connection. They're called axis, an axis. So mm -hmm. there's the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid axis, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, and the hypothalamus pituitary gonad axis which is your woman is your ovaries mm. so the same thing's going on you have the master uh thermostat more or less the regulators up in the brain and they're being stimulated by the world around you including how you think and what you think about uh and smell and uh just all these different elements i mentioned the immune system and neurotransmitters and toxicity and and all kinds of things. So this HP up in the brain is really, uh, I think, a big key. And then the uh, they're meant to regulate the production of the adrenal hormones or the thyroid hormones or the gonadal hormones. And they do. And they do a pretty good job if you aren't all stressed out with a bad environment. And, <laughs> you know, so you have to sort all that out. And so um, I don't think, just like I don't think in most cases there's anything wrong with the thyroid, there's really nothing wrong with the adrenals. You can't really burn them out. You can, you can um, disrupt uh, the metabolic processes and, and a hormone could, could go low, like your cortisol. The adrenals are known for making cortisol, which is your main stress hormone. Cortisol is also made in other areas of the body, including the brain and the skin. But um, most of it, comes, we think, you know, 70 to 80% of it comes from the adrenals. And when you're under stress, it's going to go pretty high at first. And again, you've got all these things going on that the hypothalamus, the HP, it's called the HP, it's supposed to read that. There's a feedback loop. It goes, oh, there's plenty of cortisol. Shut it down. Shut down the, uh, the stimulators. Um, it's called corticotropin releasing hormone from the H to the P and from the P to the adrenal, it's called uh, adrenal corticotropic hormone, ACTH. 
So you've got these this orchestration going on. It's reading all you know. HP is reading all the signals, including from the limbic system, which is your emotional center, and and the environmental stuff, whatever's in the blood. Uh, it reads it and it tells the adrenals, make some cortisol because we're under stress. We need more blood sugar. Cortisol is going to raise your blood sugar. It's also a painkiller. It's an anti-inflammatory. And so, you know, it's, it's good to have cortisol if you got punched in the face or cut off in traffic or, you know, to, for, to, you have to run away or fight. You know, it's, it's really, along with the nervous system, it's all about fight, flight, right? And so it's okay to go high for a while. And, but in today's world, there's so much stress. It's ubiquitous. Yeah. We, we actually live in a, it, it, there's, what, and I, I want you to get in here where, where you want to, but stress predominance is I think that's really kind of the parent of all evil, mm-hmm. stress predominance in one's life. And then you get out of balance in all these ways, the thyroid, the adrenals, the gonads, and then that affects the immune system and digestion and detoxification. And you're not a happy person at some point. Yeah, you know, I'm so glad you mentioned stress because I will say that is... <laughs> Why we don't emphasize that enough. And, you know, I think even when I bring guests onto my show and we start talking about, you know, the science behind all these things and all these issues that people have, we want something that's going to be the solution, right? Like we want the one Mm -hmm. size fits all solution. That's kind of like how we do things in in our country. We want to have the Google answer. We want to have, we want to fix it. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, if we would all learn to address our stress, that really would make such a huge difference. So yeah, I would love for you to talk a little bit more about stress and the impact. And even I know for a lot of people, trauma impacts the issue of autoimmune disease and things like that. Um, What are some practical ways that that people can start working on the stressors in their lives? Because like you said, it it is absolutely ubiquitous. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a good thing might be to just, if you understand that, uh, and I came up with a phrase for this. It just, I like I like to organize information so, to make it easy to train people and easy to um, for them and for me to memorize it. So so I have this this idea that there's there's just chaos. Like I'm not a physician, so I can't give a diagnosis, and I don't want to. Right. The 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 so you have hidden stress and imbalances. Some stressors you know about, some stressors you don't know about. And they're, again, it's, we're really inundated with stress, stress factors and, and what I call these contributors to metabolic chaos. So hidden stress and imbalances in your body, if not soon resolved, will cascade into other areas. There's no such thing as it just stays there or follows one metabolic pathway. It's going to in, uh, disrupt the apple cart in a lot of ways. Mm. And so the problem becomes this metabolic chaos. And then that causes dysfunction at some point. And it's going to all be going on behind your back, behind the scenes, so to speak. Now, when, when things get chaotic enough, then you get dysfunction. You get things like sort of seriously not working very well or not working the way they're designed or to design capacity. You, what you lose is resilience. You lose balance. Now you're in a state of metabolic chaos. Now you lose resiliency, your ability to fight back and, and survive. Yeah. And things... It, 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 that's where the disease comes in that is so commonly labeled. And uh, then you get symptoms. You get symptoms, like a cluster of symptoms. Oh, there's the, your disease, here's your medicine. Well, and so, so the symptoms in the lab reports, uh, those lab reports, by the way, that just is how the problem appears or shows up. What's really going on is the dysfunct, the disease, the dysfunction, and the metabolic chaos, and it can be sorted out. Yet you have to think of, of like a stream or a river, with different tributaries. So, and these are stressful tributaries. You could have the mental emotional stress. You could have built up stress from aches and pains, and you know from injuries from even when you were a kid, fall off a tree, or in high school you're in sports, or maybe you still do things to hurt your body. Um, Say so the mental, emotional, the physical, and there's the chemical. And there's 80,000 chemicals in the environment. Before I was in this business, Aaron, I was in environmental law. And so mm-hmm. I studied the environment. I was saving the planet, air, birds, water, trees. I noticed a lot of them were dying. And I started turning my attention 
well, if it's that bad for plants and animals and water systems, you know, what's, what's it doing to us? And that's how I got in this business. And I started applying, um, you know, my R and D, uh, skills to, to hacking this, find out what's really wrong. Again, as a non-physician, I wanted to help people, but in, and it was actually such a blessing that I couldn't just get a prescription for their symptoms. No, Reed, you can't do that. You have to be a doctor to do that. You have to actually go find out what's wrong with them. What? Well, how do I do that? Well, it took me 10 years of running thousands of these alternative labs on thousands of people and recognizing patterns of what to look for upstream. And so I became an expert at functional lab work, like you read in my bio. And it's because I've run more labs than anybody on the hormones, on the immune system, on digestion, detoxification, and so on. And and then, so you figure out what's wrong, what's out of balance, what the person could actually go home and fix, and then how are they going to do it? Again, you can't just write a prescription. So I came up with a holistic lifestyle and, and the patterns there. Again, this is just, this is from having excellent uh, mentorship, being a really hard worker, and recognizing patterns. I have a bit of a skill for recognizing patterns and for and for taking complex stuff and trying to make it a little easier to understand. So this idea of metabolic chaos is a very sound construct. It's not a real diagnosis. It's, it's a way of looking at things. And so the symptoms aren't the problem. Those are all upstream. And you have to know uh, what, what can be identified, you know, these tributaries. Again, the major categories, because you mentioned stress, would be the mental-emotional stress. Uh, that's your life not going the way you want it to. Um, you have the physical stress. Like that's probably my my main stressor is injuries from from having a well-used body. Mm-hmm. You know, surfing and I, I wrestled until I was in my sixties. Jujitsu. Wow. And yeah, and and you know, I still ski and and and, and surf and, and and things. But you know, I've got a lot of injuries and pain, and that's that's not. A good thing. I, I have to deal with that like almost every day. So you have the mental, emotional, life's not going well. You have pain, things you have to work on. And then you've got this ubiquitous amount of chemical and biochemical stressors. You know, the ones from the outside and the ones your body makes that it's not detoxified. Your body makes toxins. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of parasites, bacteria, funguses, viruses that, that are toxic in, in your body and so on and so on. So stress is, if you can just sort out the contributors to metabolic chaos sort out all the stressors, or as many as can be identified. You, you're you're going to hit some home runs with a lot of people. That's that's how I look at it. Yeah, yeah, because it is all connected, and so I think that that's that. I'm so glad that you brought that up again. I just think that that's so helpful for this this entire conversation for somebody to really anybody who's listening who's struggling with thyroid issues to go. Oh, wait a minute it's not my thyroid. What else is going on in my life right now? So um, I'd also love Mm -hmm. to know a little bit about, you know, some other tools, lifestyle medicine tools. What, what are some tools that you use that could be helpful for someone, whether it's nutrition, supplements, um, say somebody's been on thyroid medication for a long time. They want to try doing something else, maybe not going off medication, but what else could they be doing to support themselves? You know, I will I will tell you, but it's going to sound too easy. Uh, because remember, since I wasn't a physician, I had to come up with um, what the person would do while they're at home. So I, I remember 20 years ago working in an office and saying, you know, I was a case manager and health director. I ran the place. It wasn't a doctor, but I ran the place. And I became a nutritionist, a personal trainer. I had about a dozen certificates. But none of them are licensed to practice medicine. And so what I learned to to just the, the number one thing is what is this person going to be doing between their doctor visits? Mm-hmm. Not what yeah. they do in the office. We could give them chiropractic and acupuncture and massage therapy and all kinds of modalities and different things to, to um, nurture them along and help hopefully correct things, but it's what they did at home that matters. So I spent 10 years developing the Dress for Health Success System, and D-R-E-S-S is Dress, and it stands for, simply enough, diet is the D, the R is rest, the E is exercise, and the two S's, stress reduction and supplementation. 
And I don't have my own brand. I, I don't sell supplements, but I know an awful lot about them because I've been studying them for 20 years. And they can be used to support and stimulate and substitute for what's missing from food and even to self-treat certain things, self-treat. I don't treat anything, but we can you know, empower people with getting the right diet, a corrective diet, even your thyroid, even your, your you know, there's foods. There, there's no one food that's right for everyone, but there are foods that are bad for everyone. Like yeah. trans fats and sugar and, and too much alcohol, unless you have a really good reason. I'm just kidding. And, <laughs> and then, and then you know, you get it, drugs. and things. I mean, so there's things that are bad for everyone. You can start by eliminating that. And then there's things that are just bad for you. Everyone has their own unique sensitivities to food and, and to other things in the environment. So this idea of diet and rest, you know you can't be healthy if you don't sleep deeply for four or five hours a night, very, very deeply. It isn't eight hours of crappy sleep. It's four hours or five hours, if you can get it, of really good deep sleep, non-REM sleep, where you're not dreaming, you're just zonked, you're out deep. And um, if you can do that, you'd, you'd be doing good. So you eat a corrective diet. It's right for your metabolic type. You eat, uh, you, you rest. And there's, you can actually rest in the day, too. Um you exercise because sitting is the new smoking. We we way over sit in front of our computers. Um, and then these ideas of stress reduction, sort out stress, the known and the unknown, the hidden. Uh, and that could be a point of view that you have that's all wrong in the mind. It could be, um, you know, injuries that are stressing out your nervous system. It could be chemical stressors you don't even know are there. Your personal care products, your household cleaning products, your new carpet and furniture is toxic, so on and so on. And then supplement, because uh, food just isn't good enough. You know, you, again, you can you can stimulate your immune system. You can support digestion in the adrenals. You can, you can even self-treat for... Um, you know, certain things, uh, and then, you know, obviously substitute for what's missing in fruit. That's the four S's of supplementation. So I got everything sort of organized, <laughs> and yeah. it's really fun. Yeah, I love I love that. I think those tools are so helpful, and I think, like what you said, it's really important. We can do all sorts of, of healing, treatments, things, but if we are not addressing those lifestyle interventions – that's that's majority that's 95 99% of our daily life you know is what we are doing in between these these appointments and so i think that that's i love that you say that um yeah man we are running out of time so i'm going to ask you the uh -huh. question that i asked and i'm hearing a little bit of feedback so i hope that that doesn't bother any listeners i'm hearing that right now as long as as well as um some yard work going on outside my window but you know what this is real life so this is <laughs> how it is right now but you yeah. sound great and i'm going to ask you another question so i can shut up and that is if you could give people one piece of advice to spark them towards wholeness what would that be you know i just uh, immediately just refer to what I do personally. Um, I, I walk the talk. So I live the dress lifestyle. I really try to eat right and rest every night. I go to bed early and I get up early and I, uh, exercise like almost every day. I have a personal trainer come to my house twice a week. I live out in the country and uh, up on a hill and where the air's a little cleaner, you know, lots of things. So I diet, rest, exercise. I try to keep stress low. Even though I have 25 employees, I have 3,000 students, things. I'm a good delegator, you know, and I hire and train top-notch people. So I try to make my life a little easier. Um, and then, you know, I take my supplements. And I also, I throw some other things in there. Um, uh, but I start out every day with the stress by, by just kind of meditating. And, and it's, to me, it's more like prayer. I don't, I don't do any real formal, formally trained meditation, but I really connect to the earth uh, in bare feet outside on a rock. And, and I thank God for, um, you know, that I'm alive and that I get to do some good. And so I, my cup runneth over, but yours has to be at least half full. You got to change your attitude a lot of the time and, 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 and try to be positive, you know, and look, um, yesterday is not today and it's not tomorrow either. So, so I don't have much of a rear view mirror. Bad things have happened to me 
and I just get past it really quick. And uh, I try to process it, you know, um, not burying it, I hope. I, I process up to the point where I go, eh, you know, I can, <laughs> I can just get back to work and do some good and spread some love, spread some money around, you know, help some people. Um, that, that's really, yeah, I think, point of view. If I had to name one thing, short answer would be point of view. I like that. Yeah, that's important. Now, I'd love to give a little shout out to your functional diagnostic nutrition course. And maybe you can explain a little bit about that. And, and for anybody who's sure. listening, who's interested and wants to know, okay, how, how do I get involved in something like that? Could, do you have a little bit of time to share that? Oh, sure. Thanks uh, for the opportunity, Erin. Um, well, you talk about a bargain. Everyone wants bargains these days with the way things are. My course is a bargain. It's uh, it's a, a complete course in functional lab work where you would learn to test, you, and, and everyone tests themselves. Everyone walks the talk that joins my program. That alone is worth the price of admission. You learn all the lab work, the anatomy, physiology, the biochemistry. You learn which labs to run, saliva, urine, stool, and blood. So a lot of this is just testing you do on yourself at home. And our clients do it on themselves at home. And we guide them. So it's, it's first of all, a course in functional lab work. And, again, all the, the science geeky stuff, which some people love. Then it's a course in the protocols, the diet, how to figure out the right diet for yourself and for your clients. The rest, the exercise, the stress reduction, supplementation, they're complete lessons on all of that as well. They're entire modules. And then, of course, there's a business section for those who want to do this for a living. And so it's an amazing investment. You can't start a, a business uh, for this kind of money. It's, it's unheard of. And so it's all the training you need to just work on yourself. Again, that's worth the price of admission. And the one last thing I have to say um, is the, the mentorship you get. You get one-on-one -on -one mentorship with my top people. And, you know, I've been teaching. I started the course in 2008, which is quite a few years ago. And it's grown. There's so many people that become part of our community, and a lot of them just want to work for me. And they, they say, hey, I, I've got this skill, that skill. So everyone who works for me has is a graduate of the program, except maybe bookkeeping. And so uh, that's how it is. And so I have mentors and a course supervisor. And we have an amazing alumni group for the people who want to do this for a living. The alumni group is a bunch of professional FDN practitioners functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. And so you become certified and you can do it for a living and make a really good living helping people. You know, you get happy and healthy and you make other people healthy and happy. That is awesome. And how long are the courses? How long does it last? Yeah, it's, it's one big course and it, it takes six, eight months. If you, uh, if you, keep up the effort. Um, it should never take anyone longer than a year, but and I've had people do it in three months. They must have had nothing else to do. Yeah. But, um, but you know, tip, typically what I say to you is keep your day job if you have one. Uh, don't give up your work and your income. You want to make an investment in yourself and in your um, livelihood if you want, your, uh, a business, uh, if you want to become a professional health coach, independent health coach. Um, and uh, make an investment in that, put the time in, um, follow all the lessons, do all the mentorship, uh, practical exercises, the one-on-ones. Uh, there's a doozy of a written exam, and there's a real fun uh, verbal final uh, where you get past my guy, Brandon, who's an amazingly kind and, and sweet and, and, and gentle man who will just make sure, he's just there to make sure you get it all before we actually give you your certificate. And then you get a postgrad interview and you ascend into our professional alumni group. That would be the ideal scene uh, from my perspective, because I'm trying to create as many, sort of deputize as many people as possible so we reach more people on the planet. Yeah. That's the original goal was help as many people as possible. And I realized in 2008, after 10 years, you know, gosh, I can only help so many myself. I've got to train other people. And now it's become a whole community. It's, it's remarkable. That is awesome. So where do people go to find more information about, about this program and how to get started and get involved and follow on social media, all of that? 
Yeah, thank you. So we made up a special URL. If everyone should jot this down, and please put this in your show notes. Uh, it's fdn.today slash carry for your last name. So um, it's fdn.today slash carry. And we, we do that for the podcast I'm on so we can see, you know, whose podcast has the, the that's the listenership or audience that that we resonate with. So um, if you would um, just give that out, fdn.today slash carry, uh, people can go there and it's um, that's our website and it'll tell you all about it. And by the way, I have really excellent course counselors that you can chat with like live. They'll matter of fact, you just give me your name right there and they'll, they'll call you right away or call you when you say type of thing, you make an appointment and they'll see whether you should just do this for yourself um, or whether you should, you know, you might be ready to become a health coach. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on and for, uh, you know, weathering this storm of, we had a few technical issues, which you listeners have no idea about, hopefully, because we're going to fix them. But I really thank you for being available and sharing your expertise and your knowledge. And thank you for your, how many years, you said 20 years of helping people yeah, get to the root of their issues. I, I really appreciate that and appreciate what you are doing in this, in this world of health. Well, thank you, Aaron. Uh, keep up the good work with Sparkling Wholeness because you're doing some good in the world too. You know, the more we put this kind of information in front of people, it empowers them to, to make changes in their lives. You know, you don't, you know, yesterday, the past is not equal to the future. You know, you could have been suffering for all these years and you, you just keep having a little bit of hope. And that's who is resonates with what we do. And it isn't, uh, sometimes you have to take a little leap of faith, yeah. but then it becomes your faith. It becomes your faith that the body can heal itself. You just have to know the right things and do the right things. So you keep up what you're doing, Erin, and thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.